this is a day in the life of a dad and this one's all going to be about the top 10 dangerous things you should let your kids do now again there's a lot of parents out there that don't let their kids do stuff and i'm just going to go through the top 10 things that i think you really really should well let your kids do now you don't have to agree with my, my list you can think it's like oh you're absolutely wrong you shouldn't do this at all that is great that is your opinion and again you're welcome to it you're welcome to leave me comments um because again this is not everybody's going to agree with my list i know i know two of the items that's on there people are definitely going to be like oh no i can't do that so you know i really really wanted to sorry Trying to get into good position here. Wanted to let you guys some things to think about and everything else. Now, my first child, my wife basically um, pampered and didn't want to let her do anything. She wasn't even able to go outside by herself for the longest time because my wife didn't feel it was safe. Even though from where, I'm from, where we live at now is considered it's really a safe neighborhood compared to again if you go back to prior episodes you'll you learn about where i lived at in new york city and so that and how hard it actually was to actually deal with and be you know a child in that city so i'm gonna open up my little podcast thing i always like to show the kids and everything else of that so and of course the wife so these are going to be the things that i, I think are amazing that should be done but again some parents might think that eh, that's not really a good idea okay the number one thing should be let your kids go outside alone yes if you live in a dangerous neighborhood things like that um, if you live in an area that's you know you think okay it's not going to be safe anything else that you still should let your kids go outside alone now there's a reason behind this okay your kids have to be able to be self-sufficient they have to be able to know what's going on they have to be able to live they have to be able to operate in any environment if you shelter that kid to the point where they're they don't feel that they can go outside or go places safely well They'll never go any, anywhere. They'll be afraid of their own shadow. So you really have to think about this. Now, again, there's a lot of fear of letting your kid go outside by itself. You know, they might get stolen. There might be some creepers already outside by the street stressing them kids. There might be the pedophile down the street and everything else that or all things to consider when you let your kids out go outside. But you have to sh tell them, show them, let them understand, you know, okay, don't talk to strangers. If a stranger is coming to your way and everything else that, make sure you have give them a, a wide berth. You know, if you, uh, I have a yard, I have a front yard and a backyard. Okay. If a stranger is coming into our yard and everything else to that, run into the house, 
um if you're in the backyard again run towards the house and everything else that if, if they're blocking the way toward the house houses and so that they already know so that they climb over the gate and so that and yell 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 somebody's in the yard you, you have to give them all the information in the world for them to be safe they have to be able to be able to go outside and not be afraid of their own shadow so they have to know their settings. They have to know where their area. They have to know that, you know, this space here is a safe place. I can venture beyond your little cocoon and they'll be all right. So that's one of the things, you know, the first thing that I think that you have to let them do. And that is let them go outside by themselves. Now I have a little paper right here so that, that you know, I wrote up my sheet here so that it's, um, that I just do my podcast. I don't have a teleprompter or anything else that I ain't got that that far advanced and everything else that. So, you know, that's number one. Number two is let them roughhouse. Now, I'm not saying so that let them have a fight, fight it out, let them duke it out, let them just knock each other around out and in, in, out, use objects and everything else that to beat themselves silly or beat their friends silly or anything else like that. But these are kids. They need to learn how to rough house. They need to know how to fight. You know, if they need to, they need to be able to be secure in the thing that, you know, something happens, I can get out of it. It teaches them to be self-reliant, teaches them to be able to say, okay, this person's coming at me. What should I do? They have to think about what they're doing they have to imagine okay what what else, what can go wrong can i i might get hurt i might hurt the other person things of that nature so let's say if they um, they're playing with their friends or roughhousing and everything else to that and the person says oh and they start crying and everything else to that you bet you have to be able to see that your child has empathy for another child you know if you see them roughhousing and the other person gets hurt and the child's not has no empathy for them well that's a little sign that you know they might have an issue or problem see these are things that you need to know so you can try to get help if you need to but you have to be able to do it they have to be able to rely on their instincts they have to um encourage their instincts they have to be you know know when okay when to fight and when to flee Okay, you're fighting and you're in an untenable situation and you need to leave. Well, if they didn't have a rough house as a kid, they might not know the situation's untenable. You're like, okay, well, I personally have fought multiple people at one time. I've gotten jumped before and everything else of that, you know, but I know how to protect myself. I know how to, to be defensive and everything else of that. All that's from as a kid, roughhousing with the neighborhood kids and everything else of that, you know, I didn't have brothers or sisters, so I didn't have other siblings to roughhouse with. But, you know, I had neighbors, kids of my age, kids are actually older than my age, and we roughhouse for that. I got hurt. I went home crying. I went send the other people home crying and everything else. So the next day you shake you know, or not even the next day, a couple hours later. So that if you're feeling better, you go back to that person and say, I'm sorry. Um, you know, they'll come to say sorry to you. And, you know, you'll know who your true friends are really quickly. You know, when you get in a situation where, you know, when you're roughhousing the kid and they, they, you know, all that service for that. And then when you get older, you know, you don't know what to do. 
you'll know okay this situation is something that eh, i can't deal with i got to go i have to do something else so let them rough house it's not the end of the world if your child gets hurt it's actually encouraged them to get hurt a little bit so later on they will get hurt a lot just think about it okay so that was number two number three now this one is a little bit it's actually this is three and four let them walk to store friend's house um to the bus stop now let's say you've already graduated to the point past you've you've already let them walk outside you let them be outside by themselves now you're at the point in which you have to trust that you've taught them enough on a how to cross the street safely you know the, the crosswalks you know when you have the crosswalk look both ways you know again i'm not you might be in an area that has um traffic lights and traffic signals and it has the thing that says you can walk you still should have the same rules okay even though it says walk you know you just want to scan both ways to make sure that you're doing it safely you know if you going to the store some stores are actually have to cross multiple streets so you want to be able to be sure that they can actually cross multiple streets and be safe if they're going down to a friend's house again they should know the rules of okay you know you walk on a sidewalk if you have a sidewalk again some places don't have a sidewalk you know be reticent of the things around you so that way you know so that, okay stranger coming out don't know, don't know this person from the neighborhood you be able to get safely out of the, the way you can go around a long way to get to your friend's house you know and they're following you and everything else so that you know what to do to get back home or go to a neighbor's house that you know and so let and say okay this stranger's you know in the neighborhood You have to be able to do this because unless you are taking your kid to school every day via vehicle by car or you walking them every day back and forth from school and everything else to that they will be going to school by themselves i lived in new york city the nearest school close to me where i actually lived that was um two blocks away meaning that I would have to cross the street, a busy street at that. Um, and a lot of people in New York, so you can't avoid being in the street to go to school. Now, technically speaking, I never actually went to school by my own neighborhood. I actually went to school downtown near where my mother's job was. So I literally had to cross the busy street get on the city bus now again not the bus that you would use to go to um the private buses like the uh, Lewis county buses somewhere we will live in so that that takes your kid to school and back home to drop them off the bus stop no i had it where you ex literally had to get on a city bus travel downtown by city bus get off at the right stop Get off the bus, cross the busy street, walk down a long street, and then cross another busy street to get to school. So these are things you have to look for, look at. You know, as a parent, you have to be able to think and say, that, okay, you're not, if you have a job, you're working, you're not gonna be able to actually pick them up every day. Now you might have a neighbor down the street and everything else that that's picking up their kid and everything else that at the same time and they can walk with the kid and that parents for everything else that. But let's say if one day that that kid is 
sick and that parent's sick and they're not coming to get their kid, that kid and everything else to that. Your kid has to be self-reliant, self-sufficient enough to be able to walk from the bus stop back to the house. Again, assuming it's to the bus stop. Now, some places, if you, the, if your school is close enough, you don't have, you don't get to take the bus. You have to walk. Now in Florida, there are, it's, you can walk to school and it's literally dark outside. Like it's night, you know, it's early in the morning. It's still dark. It hasn't gotten, became light yet. And you have to sit there and walk to school. So if you didn't develop these, um, let them walk to the friend's house store, you know, things like that early so they could be secure enough to do it. It's like that. How are they supposed to be able to do it when they later on, when they literally have to do it to get back and forth to school. So you want to do this early you want to do this, you know, right away. You want to do this where it, it can actually be done and there's fine. Okay. And they'll know, they'll know all the rules. They know all everything they need to do to be able to be safely go back and forth to school or to the store. Okay. You say, Hey, here's a dollar. Go to the so store to get a, a soda pop. Okay. I'm getting, I'm showing my age and everything else of that. Go get a sodas for the, or they can go get some candy and everything else of that. They have, should be able to self-sufficient to be able to do this on their own. You don't want them to be able to sit there and be like, okay, well they can't do this or they're too scared to actually do this. So we've covered that walking to the store to a friend's house and everything else like that. All right. Now, again, another dangerous thing. Let your child use a knife at a young age. Let them have a pocket knife. Now, this is one of those things that has to be a graduated step. Now, my kids, we, we all started them off the same way. Okay. At, at X age, you were able to be able to use a butter knife on your own. We didn't cut your food for you. You use the butter knife and cut your food on your own, you know, and when you hit that age, the next person would be able to do it. So again, five kids, we had five kids go through the same thing, hit that stage. You'd be able to use a butter knife. You know, once we felt comfortable the, the after that you can use a butter knife and everything else that, you know, then from there where it's like, okay, you know, most kids have the safety scissors and everything else that, so they can't cut themselves. No, no, you can use that crap in school because it's required in nursery school, preschool and everything else that here we didn't use those. We use scissors. Not safety scissors, but regular scissors. Scissors that if you're not careful what you're doing, you can stab your leg, your hand, whatever with it. So we had to teach them how to actually hold the scissors correctly when they walk. And again, walk, don't run, don't sprint, don't horse around, don't lollygag. These are all the rules that you had to go through again, because you learned originally with the butter knife, those rules still applied. Then from there you graduated to scissors. Again, real scissors. Then after that point, you get a certain year. So that then from there, you were able to get a real knife that you can actually really cut, you know, your meat with and everything else and not be sawing with the butter knife forever in a day to cut your meat. You can actually cut the meat simply and everything else. So that again, it was a ritual, it's steps. 
this step led to this step led to this step so that way they they'll all my kids you know, even my youngest like that can safely carry a knife can safely carry a a, a um scissors um now my when at a certain age my oldest kid went out and bought herself and i went with her we went right down to buck's gun shop down the street so that for her to buy her own knife she picked out the knife the, the pocket knife that she wanted so again when she's outside by herself since she's older and she's going places she had something to protect herself with now people are like okay well no no you're not supposed to get a knife for your child on that they might cut themselves and they might cut somebody else i'm sorry I, I i have the feeling that you know if you've taught them everything that they need to know they will be able to use hold use it correctly and don't endanger other people and don't endanger themselves. That's the reason why these are steps that they need to do at a young age. So that way they, by time they're old enough so that they can um, be able to do the step. So my oldest girl has, has a knife. My son, oldest son has his own um, um, pocket knife. My middle girl, has quite a few um, pocket knives and everything else to that. Um, and actually hers, hers and my um, youngest son, their, their knives are actually multi-tools. They have a multi-tool just like I have. So that, you know, with the pliers, the scissors, the corkscrew thing and everything else to that because they were old enough, they're wise enough. And I, I can respond and say, they're not gonna cut themselves with these items. They're able to handle sharp things. They're not going to be afraid of, okay, well, if someone pulls a knife on them, they'll know, okay, well, you bought a knife. You know, first thing is to try to escape if you can, but you also have a knife of your own to deal with the situation if you literally have to. We would always encourage them not to. Escape is always the first option to, to run away to again, find a neighbor that you know, um, but sometimes that's not an option. Sometimes again, you gotta be afraid it's okay, somebody snatches them in the streets so that they have a way to protect themselves. That's just my feeling on it. Now again, you know, you, you can't babysit them forever. You have to let them out the house. As you see in the picture right in front of you, so that, that my daughter's actually on her um her quad riding around. My you see her right now, she has her welding hand on for that. So, you know, my kids are, you know, some of them are really well rounded because they're they're like me, they are used to being tools. You see my son here is riding a horse. You know. So we're going to go into the next item right here coming up and that is making fire. Now on the screen right now, you're at least flashed for a second, se second, excuse me, can talk. It happens. Most kids have a fascination with fire. If you don't quench that fascination with fire, you, you always see kid or you always hear in the news or you'll hear something that, that a kid has started a fire in their house. Why? Because they they didn't know they had some matches, light something up and the fire got out of control because, you know, they didn't know what to do. 
fire is something that's basic human nature that everybody should know about and use. There's dangers associated with fire. Okay, you can get burnt, you can burn other people, you can burn your house down and everything else like that. So I've literally taught each one of them the value of making a fire, how to use a match, how if we've had a grease fire, because again, you have to teach them every stage. I have some of my, actually all of my kids cook, excuse me, not some of them, all of my kids cook. They cook on the stove. So again, my, my youngest child today, when she wants to go inside and make her some, some eggs and everything, so that I, I wanted to be able to go inside and make her eggs, you know? But I also don't want my, my house to be burnt down either. So, you know, I've taught them so that what happens with a grease fire. Now it was happened to be cooking one time and the fire shot up because I was using um, uh, the wok and the fire sh shot up. And so then when I squirted the water, uh, oil, not water, oil inside of it, so they use a squirt bottle, use oil, the fire shot up. My oldest child almost literally had a meltdown. So like the fire dead is all the way to the ceiling. It wasn't all the way to the ceiling, <laughs> but to her, it felt like it was all the ceiling because she was a little, like I said, my first child was more sheltered about the stuff that she learned because my wife didn't wanted her to be sheltered. And I'm like, okay, you can't really shelter them and everything else like that. So my other child in the same situation that has happened to them, the fire has raised out of control for a second because something spilled some wrong way and everything else to them. They already know. We have inside the kitchen fire extinguisher. We have inside of there baking soda, you know, to throw in instead of to put the fire out of it. It's a grease fire and everything else like that. We do have the, the, the um, fire thing that does grease fires and we have one for electrical and everything like that. So it's an electrical fire. So if you show them how to deal with fire, how to put it out, how to use it safely and everything else like that, there's no danger. You've taken the mystery out of ooh, fire. Oof. There's no mystery anymore. Like I said, my I have my sons have helped me doing barbecue. My daughters have helped me done barbecue. I haven't done barbecue in a while, so that with the grill, so that. But we've actually done an open pit fire and everything, so that you know. So if you teach them about fire, there's no mystery to it. It makes it easy. They'll not use fire to um, to survive. You know, if they're out in this um, camping somewhere and they get lost and it's a cold night, they would know how to put the rocks around the thing so that use a flint or matches if they have them. So if we're going campus, so they always always make sure that they have their own set of matches on them so that so they would be able to start a fire for so the end of you know to locate them and everything else like that. So again, fire, dangerous thing. But something that you should teach your kids how to use. Okay. So let's go on to the next dangerous thing that they should learn to do. And that is let them climb on high things. As you're seeing right now, my daughter's actually on a chair thing. We are at Moab's, which basically is a museum and they do on the beach so that, and it lets them pull, pull on rope. That rope takes them higher and higher and higher until they are basically um, twice as high as I am. And I'm six foot two. So it takes them up to approximately, you know, 12 feet up in the air. Every one of my kids, Except for my 
Junior's daughter, my youngest daughter, has been on the roof of this house. Every last one has climbed up the ladder. Again, I would they get on the ladder. I'm right behind them and take a step, baby. Okay, I'm right behind you. I'd step up behind them. Take a step. Dad, I'm scared. I am right here. You're not going to fall. I am right here to catch you. You'll be fine. And they've climbed up some ladder. And they, I did it. I did it. I did it. Now the problem is I actually have my daughter. When I leave the ladders about my oldest daughter, I've left the ladders ar around the side of my house because I have repairs to do to the house and everything. Else. And she have gotten up there, you know, sitting on top of the flat roof and then get on top of the slope roof and sit, sit there and just chill and watch the neighborhood. And then I'm like, okay, well, where's, where's, where, where's she at? She's outside. Well, where's outside? I don't see it. I don't see it in the front yard. I don't see it in the backyard. Then she come around and so, oh, daddy, I was on the roof. Again, all of them have been on the roof. All of them have climbed trees. My son has climbed on top of a dollhouse that, you know, it's like a six, six to seven feet um, um, dollhouse slash jungle gym thing and everything else and has fallen off that and has got put a, uh, he had put a huge gash in his leg and everything else in that. He came inside, toughed it out and didn't tell us he had a gash in his leg because he was in the area that I had told him that not to be on right this that time because it was wet. He fell off the wet, it was slick. He fell and hurt himself. So right now he has a gash on his leg that's about that wide, uh, yeah, about that wide. And it's about uh, two, fi two fingers long on his, actually looks exactly like the, the light shining on my two fingers right there on his leg. Is he afraid to get back up there? No. The very next day when it was dry, even though his leg was patched and everything else, they had um, got back up there and went to playing again. Why? Because they're not afraid of heights. That's why most people, when they get older, cannot go onto a high building, a high place. You can get them on, take them, say, okay, let's go to the Empire State Building, you know, so you can look out the window and look down like I did as a kid to that, you know, for 100, the 110th floor. Most kids now so that, you know, or won't do that. They won't get up on a high place and look like, oh, no, no, no. They'll say, oh, I'm not so afraid. That's the reason why most kids nowadays are afraid of heights because they never been challenged to climb a high place. Climb a tree. Um, when I grew up in Southern, we had um, trees. We had high fences you used to climb on and stuff like that and jump off into the grass. Um, climb on top of short buildings, you know, as a kid and everything else. I'm not afraid of heights. I climbed on the, on the side of my, my roof doing some shingling and everything else because again, Ladders, even though my roof is a high slope roof, so a high pitch roof, so that I still get up there and slide that and do what I need to do when I needed to um, fix some shingles from a hurricane damage for that because I'm not afraid of heights. My daughter has, again, my, all my kids have climbed the roof except for my youngest daughter. She's the only one that hasn't climbed the roof yet, but she's climbed on plenty of other higher places. She's still not into higher places completely because again, she hasn't had the experiences yet of the others that I've climbed on the roof and see that it's not that scary. It's not scary at all, as long as you're doing it safely.
so you you have to be able to know that this is something that they really need to be able to do you know it's like bingo kids are less fearful as a kid than they are as as an adult so just think of it so that if if you made them afraid as a kid that don't do that don't climb up there that's dangerous you're gonna fall you're gonna hurt yourself well, don't you think when you get older it's gonna translate into the head even though you said it so many times um my my, my youngest son basically he's like spider monkey he's broken his front teeth out when he was a kid from falling or from, from a high place. Got them checked out, everything else to that. A few days later, what is he doing? Spider Monkey, being Spider Monkey, climbing again. Kids fall, kids hurt themselves. Kids can fall and hurt themselves just walking on the ground and tripping on something. You know, you can't protect them from everything. So let them climb. Let them do it safely. Now I'm not saying let every kid climb a ladder onto the roof and everything else like that, but the way I've done it so that I've made sure that they are know the safety on how to climb up and down a ladder. Again, and plenty of times I've been on the roof on doing other roofs and everything else because I got a roof that I have to do now so that in the back on because my barn got damaged by the last hurricane for so that. That I was up there doing stuff for that and I had to have my son so I wouldn't have to climb all the way back down the roof go to the front bring stuff back climb up no I'm on the roof I told him so okay go get such and such and everything else to that so I wouldn't have to go down and get it he comes back climbs up onto the roof here dad here you go thanks so again let them climb let them let them climb trees let them climb things you know, as long as the thing is not rickety, it's not gonna fall down the minute that they climb on it. You have a ladder that's so old that it's, you know, it's gonna break as soon as somebody gets on it. Then let them do it. Challenge their their preconceived notions, because when they're younger, they don't have a lot of them. And you'll be surprised on what they can and cannot do. And if you teach them the right way, they can do it safely. So, Climbing on high things. All right, now we're gonna to go to like the most controversial of the subjects here. This is covering two subjects because it's two different types of things. Let them shoot. Let them shoot a slingshot and the dreaded word G U N. Now, if you're shooting a slingshot, we've all had the little rubber band things that we've put on the finger and wrapped around a thumb and slid, and then you let it go and pew, it shoots the rubber band out. Don't you remember doing that as a kid? That's a slingshot. It doesn't have to be the massive one that you, you make from the rubber tire that you can pull back to from here and let go. Start small. You show them how to use a rubber band slingshot. 
one that you put on your finger so that and you let the, you you move you put it around your finger right here and you let it go and so that it's wrapped around your thumb and then you put your thumb down and it shoots off the finger. It should know weaponry. Should they should know it for defense and know what to keep away from. If your kid doesn't know what a gun looks like, if your kid doesn't sorry, your kid doesn't know what a GYN looks like, your kid doesn't know what a slingshot looks like, they can get hurt by these things. They'll be afraid of these things if someone sees it. And the other thing is if someone if your kid sees someone else with one of these objects and is in a place that's inappropriate, you have to be they have to know what it is so they can say teacher or whoever is in charge to say they have something that they're not supposed to have. They have to be able to work around stuff like that and be able to report this. It's like, okay, well, he has something ahead. Are you sure? Because the, the first thing the teacher, whoever is pitching on, are you sure that's what the person had? Are you sure it's not a BB gun or a cap gun that you buy in the store that, you know, the little caps inside of it and, and they're, they're doing that? If they don't know the difference, how can they report it? Now, this is an age thing. Now, some people do it younger than others and everything else to that. Again, the rubber band one thing is to that. It's for younger age. All of my kids, except for my youngest, has gone outside. We have a little, <clears throat> we have BB guns. Um, they started on pop guns. They had BB, BBs that they can shoot off and everything else. So they had little tiny little plastic pellets. Then from there, so that you, we've gone up to the, the older ones have played with ones with steel BBs inside of it, which basically have the velocity of a regular 22. they should be able to know that these are not toys. These are not playthings. These are not things that you ever want to point at anyone else in anger, anyone else just playing, any any reason at all, except for doing target practice. I am teaching them to be able to defend themselves so when they get older, it will not be a mystery to them. They will be able to go to any store, Walmart. Um, it, it depends on where you live in the country and so that, um, and they have their permits and everything else so that, and be able to pick up a weapon and be able to use it effectively without hurting themselves or hurting anyone else. But you have to teach them safety. They should be able to know what to do around someone that has one, not to be scared, to be able to operate calmly in a given situation, as we've seen so many um, school episodes happening and everything else like that, where kids have no clue what, what they're supposed to do. They panic, they run here, they run there, and don't have a clue what they're supposed to do. But if they've been around them, they'll know, okay, this is the dangerous end. This is the end I need to make sure I'm away from. This is the end that I need to calmly and securely get out of range of X. But if they don't have that knowledge and they're just scared, 
they either a two things are going to happen they're going to completely panic or freeze up in the middle and look around and don't know what to do and not even going to say see cover you have to be able to be around these things and not panic you have to be able to understand that this is something that a lot of people have you have to be able to be safe the very dangerous thing but something that each child should even 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 if you feel that they shouldn't have one themselves you don't want to go that far with them with a bb but you can still use that the just even showing them with the with the again with the rubber band one so that that'll give them at least a little knowledge on what the dangerous ends it's going to be someone has a slingshot again it's teach them hand eye coordination on how to let the thing go at the right time rather than hitting their hands um trying to hit a target and everything else to that it's just something that i think that all kids should do now again this is an age related one so i am not saying so that a two-year-old should have one i'm not saying a five-year-old ha should have one I'm not saying you should teach a seven-year-old have them. This is something that only you will know will be the appropriate time and age for your child. Again, my oldest is 16. She has been using a BB since she was 10. My son, 10 years old, same thing. My um middle daughter learned at 10 same thing ray 10 actually he learned at nine and the only reason why he learned earlier than the other ones because we usually have a hard and fast rule is because we're actually outside with them all the time doing it and he was there and he wanted to be included in the activities my youngest daughter too young way too young she can't do it She's not allowed to do it again. Now she has her slingshot things that we bought at Walmart that light up that so they can be included in the fun of using a slingshot and everything else like that because it's like a looks like a low rocket that you pull it, it flies up in the air and then swirls back down like a helicopter comes down. Again, slingshot. And we teach us like that don't put don't pointing towards the person and everything else to that because again that is a weapon that can hurt somebody this one is made for you to shoot up in the air because it shoots up in the air comes down like a helicopter that's for that so you know you you see in, in pictures and everything else to that that might my, my kids use knives and everything else to that again just like i said earlier weapons are a thing that not a lot of parents want to be able to deal with don't want to show your kids and everything else to that but i want mine to be prepared now your mods may vary your child might not be able to you know don't have the mindset to do some of, the, some of these things that's fine but i'm just telling you what i think you should, what should happen okay and the last one on the list is drive a car yes i know here we go this is, I told you the last two were going to be out there so that now I'm not telling you to give the keys to little Timmy and say have at it Timmy here's the keys 
go out to the car, have fun, and drive on the street. Because again, I know I'm going to get a comment. It's like, you said him, I can let them drive. No. I'm talking about the first drive when you were a kid and you're sitting on your dad's lap or your mom's lap or your cousins or your uncle or who, or your grandparent in my case lap and they're sitting there you know, basically they're controlling the gas you're in a parking lot in, in my in my case my grandfather so that it won't work at a shell station and he put me on his lap and everything else that and we drove around the show station i was able to turn the wheel and everything else today of course he's right there to make sure i'm not hitting anything but it was the funnest thing in the world that i'm turning wheel. i'm driving i'm having a ball thanks granddad it's like one of the first experiences that i had in the car my dad we i we never got along today because he was a rolling stone we, you know so therefore he was unreliable he was never around or anything like that but one of the fun experience one of the funnest experience i've ever had with my dad is driving he was driving an 18 wheeler and again now he's more he's not like my granddad we're driving in a controlled parking lot we're actually driving down the road even though not at, at, at any real speed and everything goes like that but still 18 wheels like you're not as a kid you're not really moving that wheel too much anyway you're you're basically just you know you're moving it about this much because your 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 hands are small and that wheel is that big but you're having a ball because you're actually something with power. And of course, he would press on the gasoline. You'd hear the engines, you know, roar and everything else. Like you feel like all the power behind you for them, but you're not really going that fast. He didn't they make, even make it out of second gear and stuff like that. But still, the, the sound, the hearing, the vibration, the feel of actually driving a vehicle. But it's safe because they're controlling the gas, they're controlling the throttle, they're controlling the brake, their hands are so close to the wheel that even though you're sitting there moving it, their hands are right next to the, next to on both sides to actually catch the wheel and anything else like that to happen. So driving a car is something that they should be able to do. Again, you know, these memories that your your kid is always gonna remember. My my, my daughter, I remember when we first got we, I had a Volvo of um, <coughs> a 240 DL wagon and I traded in my, I, I was going to trade in my Volvo 240 DL wagon and it just happened to come up that a Ford Windstar came available for, and we had the money to purchase the Windstar. So while we're waiting on the person, because we went over to, to um, Sanford to get the Windstar and everything else like that, and to look at, sorry, not to get it, to look at it, to see if it was actually gonna buy it and everything else like that, and while we're waiting in the parking lot, I mean, this this is a big parking lot, no one's there and everything else, like we're just waiting. And I'm like, well, come on, girl, get, get in my lap so we can, we can drive around the parking lot. Now again, we're going five miles an hour, maybe if we hit 10, I, I'd be thing. And we're going that, that, and she's turning the wheel and you can feel the car move like this. Daddy, I'm driving, daddy, I'm driving, daddy, I'm driving, ooh. That memory that she still has to this day so that she gets a kick out of when, when, when she thinks about it for that. 
and the memory I have of that day so that you, you can't you can't buy those memories. Those are memories that you have, you know, because it's like I remember the first day, it's just like the day she came home and everything else to that, you know, day she first stepped in the door. These memories are there. These memories are, are, are going to be the greatest time in your life and everything else to that. Then later on, it's like that, you're gonna to have to drive, drive or him to drive for real. Meaning that you will have to be in the passenger seat when they get older and they have to start the car and actually drive and you're gonna, your head's gonna be jerking back and forth from them hitting the brake and the gas. Still a memory that I can't wait to have because my daughter's at the age that she could have already had had this happen, but she's just not there yet. But I already know my middle daughter, Shuggy, it's like that. Oh, she's going to be there. I, she's there now because, again, she drives around on her um, ATV on the road, you know, going up and down the thing. It's like that, that, that 15 to 20 um, miles per hour for that. You know, scared the crap out of my my, my wife and slender because she's like, come come come, you know. Not, not don't say I'm not gonna say that she hasn't scared me one time because again she shot out of out of the parking lot of one section that didn't she didn't look completely. She said I seen him. It's like that I I knew I could make it, but still it was way closer of a call than I wouldn't rap wanted to have. So I told him, like, the next time you can, I do that. And so then you have to merge in the traffic like I, but that is not as fun that way. I don't care if you've seen the car coming or not. That car might not have seen you and he might've accelerated or ending us. Like that. So again, these are stuff you have to, you know, let them do. It's dangerous. The world is a dangerous and cold, hard place, but you can make it less dangerous by taking the steps necessary to, to teach your child that it's okay. You'll be fine. You will live. You might break a bone or a limb because, <laughs> you know, stuff happens. The funniest thing, I, I didn't start breaking bones until I actually turned, oof, 21. I broke my thumb and I didn't know it was broken. Then at what, just this year, no, last year, I broke my metal finger. Didn't know it was broken either, so that I was still able to do like this and move it and everything else like that until the next day it's You can still tell it's broken right now because I cannot do certain things when if I press my fingers together, it won't, the curve is wrong inside of it. Again, stuff happens. The wall is hard. Things things go wrong. Again, you can trip going down the stairs. Don't let, you know, I'm not saying let them do the, the most dumbest things in the world or the most dangerous world. I'm not going to say tomorrow, hey, do you want to go skydiving my little girl or my little boy? You're not going to say, hey, Timmy, let's go skydiving tomorrow. That's not what you really want to do, but you want to prepare them for when they get older so they can operate in the world of today comfortably. So hopefully you enjoyed this life of a dad series. Again, these, this was the 
top 10 dangerous things you should let your kid do. You don't have to agree with the list. You can put in the comments and saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is not something I'll do. Now, again, this is not for kids. This series is for parents. If you're a kid watching and everything else like that, just letting you know, this is not for you. Don't say it's like, hey, daddy, hey, mommy. He said, I can do this because they're your parent. They can say no, and that's the end of it. Well, Hope everybody has a blessed day. Wop out, have fun, and of course, we will catch you on the next one.